The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, made Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 148. Your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And I am broadcasting this. We did the interview. I am now doing this intro. You will hear the outro later. From Wink, from Women in Kind. And I am here at 3899 Jackson Street, doing my show, getting work done, Kicking ass and taking names. This is an awesome co-working space. It is my new favorite place to come. It's where I get a ton of stuff done. It's a great vibe, and the reason it is is because of its founders, Melanie Uli and Dr. Virginia Santi. Now, she goes by Jenna. I make a joke about how she never goes by doctor, but it's always fun to uh, have someone with the title of doctor on your show, so I may as well just throw that in there. And on this week's show, we talk about what Women in Kind is all about. Wink, for short. Why it was founded, how they got together, why dudes have been the measuring stick from the beginning of time, and why maybe that needs to change, and why Women in Kind is named the way it is. This is a fabulous episode. It's one I'm enormously proud of. Mel has been on the show before. She was episode 14, I believe it was, and she was early on when I started this show, and it's great to circle back with her. At the time, we talked about her company, Philanthropy Expert, and now she's gone on to creating physical space. Which is amazing. It's a step up beyond what I think I'm capable of doing. I mean, I'm happy to start my own business, start my own podcast, but the barriers to entry there are so low that I cannot believe that someone has the wherewithal and the gusto and the moxie to create a space the way that they have. And being inside it, I just feel great. And so what a thrill to get to feature their work and feature their thoughts and talk about all three of us. We have unabashed feminism. So if that's off-putting to you, A, get fucked. And B, uh, this episode may not be for you. So, and I say that in the way that I do because you can expect plenty of profanity here. We're three very outspoken, very opinionated people. And we're not afraid to express those views and those opinions. You get a healthy dose of that all throughout this week's episode. So, so stay tuned for that. It's coming up in just a second. But first, as I am a part of this community, I'd also like to announce being a part of another community. And it is the Denver Podcast Network. It's something we've been working on for months now, and we're finally ready to talk about it in a real way. The Denver Podcast Network is a collection of podcasts. It's all your favorite podcasts in Denver, like John of All Trades, like Changing Denver. You've heard ads for Changing Denver run for a long time now. I'm proud to feature the work of Paul Caroli. He's doing incredible work. He also has another show called the Denver Pizza Podcast, where he talks about all the different pizza here in Denver. Real Nerds Podcast. Brad Haig has been an inspiration to me in so many ways. He is one of the most talented, creative professionals I have ever known. And Real Nerds has run for like, good God, five or six years now. It's been forever. I mean, the show, I think, has a review from Moses, you know, noted movie lover. That's how long Real Nerds has been going on, and they're funny every single week. I've also gotten introduced to new shows like Left Hand Right Brain. J.D. Lopez does exceptional work. I can't wait to talk to him in more depth. You're going to see that in a few weeks. Discover Weekly, The Revisionists. You need to get on denverpodcast.net and check out the Denver Podcast Network. Get introduced to your new favorite shows. One I have not mentioned yet is the Beyond the Trope podcast. Now, Beyond the Trope explores the deeper side of pop culture, from science fiction and fantasy to cosplay, RPGs, comics, writing. They dive deep into general nerdiness. It started as a writing podcast, but now they're deep into general nerdiness. And you know what? Better not to hear it from me. Let's hear from the hosts of Beyond the Trope, and they'll tell you about their show themselves. Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. What a great, great show. Proud to feature their work. Proud that they're a part of the Denver podcast with me And the rest of the great podcasts in Denver, we're going to have a big announcement. I'll have more about it next week about how you can get to know us in person. That's right. Big time launch coming up. 
great things happening with the Denver Podcast Network. So, denverpodcast.net, that's linked on the John of All Trades blog piece, J-O-N of all trades.us. But back to this week's episode, episode 148. It is with the founders of Women in Kind, Wink for short, Mel Yuli, Jenna Santi. This is a wide-ranging conversation about feminism, about business, about co-working spaces, about our culture. It's one that you're going to enjoy, and I cannot wait to bring it to you, so let's stop talking right now. Jenna Santi, Mel Yuli, episode 148 starts right now. Separate the wheat from the chaff. That's, that's what right. it does. That's yeah. what it fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, right on. Well, I, I read a thing recently where only like 18% of people know how to drive a manual anymore. They're going to die. They're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll eat them because we'll, be <laughs> we'll still be here. We're going to eat their face. Mm. <laughs> how are we going to teach our kids how to drive a manual when there aren't any cars that are They'll made? be self-driving cars. Like, I mean, mm. it'll be so you, crazy. You, Alexa, yeah. and self-driving cars. Alexa and I will rule the world by that point. So. Yeah. Uh, I wonder about that, too. But we've always said, and our kids are two and one, mm. but we want their first car to be manual because it forces you to be a good driver. It you really will not is. be able to find it. It uh, will be, you will have to be a You have to build it yourself. Yeah. No, I trust Honda. Like, okay. why, why not? Huh. Right. Okay. Um, I trust Alexa. We all throw our cards in with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, Who do I throw my cards in with? Elon Musk. So, I know, whatever Elon Musk says. <laughs> so today is uh, Mimosa Day, right? Yeah. Yes. Open work day. Wow, that's cool. Do you guys, do, and I say guys, good God. That's like a colloquialism that probably needs to die. Yep. Uh, I would think. Mm. Do you all, mm. so let's let's go to the South. Sure. Um, do you do a lot of like theme days like that? You know, there are a lot of unofficial theme days <laughs> like um, Dance Party Friday. Nice. Or Dance Party Tuesday. <laughs> or 70 cents on the dollar Teens. Monday. <laughs> yeah. 78 cents on the dollar teeny Monday. Yeah. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a drink. It's not a day. <laughs> uh, it, it's also uh, every day. Yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, totally. When Our you, lives. When you get right down to it. Yeah. How has it been so far? It's been amazing. We, you know, Jenna and I sat down and had this conversation. I think it started with a phone call mm-hmm. where Jenna told me, we're, we're done dicking around. Mm-hmm. We're not dicking around anymore. Yeah. And I was like, okay. What does that mean? But yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't even need to know what it is. <laughs> Agreed. Um, how, how long ago was this? No, October, November? November of last year. November. Okay. And so I th- think that, um, you know, it's moved really quickly. We, you, we've pivoted on small decisions a bunch of times or not so small, but like whether we buy a building or we rent a building or I would not call that a small decision. It was not, it was a pretty big pivot, but it was one that was made over drinks. I feel like so many of our decisions are made over like a cocktail. Exactly. Which is why we're drinking right now because we have some big decisions (laughs) in this podcast. (laughs) You're involved. Alexa or not. (laughs) The biggest debate is how we feel about AI. Uh, it got really? really heated this morning. <laughs> it gets rough in here sometimes. So anyway, so um, we were really fortunate because we had um, – we basically posted on Facebook, hey, we need investors. Anyone interested? And then – I don't pe- think we did that. I think no, I did. Oh, I did that. Huh. And, that's, and then that's how we came to be where we are right now because investors like proactively reached out to us. And we turned away more money than we accepted. And wow. that's how yeah. I think we were, people ask how we were able to, you know, go from concept to opening so quickly Yeah, while we were doing like a, well, we each ran a, a renovation in here. Shit, yeah. And we all run other companies mm-hmm. and that's how, because the investors were Can we swear there. on this podcast? It's oh, the yes. internet, Jenna. It's the internet. You Jenna. There's no FCC. Okay. And I'm just, I'm wondering like from your perspective, John. Not, no. Okay. Will we hurt your brand, John? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about my brand, okay? <laughs> my brand takes care of itself. You you let me worry about blank. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite lines from Futurama. Don't uh, don't you worry about my brand. Let me worry about blank. <laughs> so, um, but this is Melanie Yuli, Virginia Santi. Hi, hi. And you go by Jenna. Yep. And you don't go by Doctor though, which I find interesting. I mean, you can 
use that as much as you like. I basically just use it to make dinner reservations. Nice. <laughs> um, Dr. Santee, party of six. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's spectacular. Sometimes they make Mel call me doctor, but I'm not really the useful kind. I'm the more like, you know, it's a doctor of. Yeah, but see, you've got the PhD. Yeah. A lot of those frauds only get the MD. They don't oh get the PhD. God. I know. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> they, they don't go the full way. No. Right. They just get the MD, which is like a specialization. They don't mm-hmm. get the full doctor of philosophy, mm-hmm. which is nonsense. But uh, And I'm kidding. We're joking. We love doctors. Mm-hmm. We love doctors. You're good. We need doctors. <laughs> <laughs> but we are sitting inside Wink. We are sitting inside Women and Kind. Yeah. Uh, a place where I have been now a few times and have found the vibe and the working environment, absolutely delightful. We so love it when you're here. Yeah, we love it when you're here. Well, or when your wife's here. Either one. Yeah, and she was win. here this morning, so that's yeah. like a double whammy. I don't mm-hmm. think we've been here together yet, which then everyone's really in trouble. Yeah, I know. Because, uh, I It'll mean, explode, yeah, obviously. You know us well. I don't know you as well. Yeah. Um, but if you're associated with Melanie, who was on, I want to say, episode like 13 or 17. Yeah. It was a lot of episodes ago. Yeah. And we were in much different places. I was still in my corporate gig. You were... Renting some space, uh, like in like on Broadway, I think, right? On Lincoln, that's that's where Jen and I co-work together. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It all began because I was going to ask, how did you two know each other? How did you get into each other's orbit? Mutual friends. Mm -hmm. Um, We would like see each other at weddings and parties, and we just knew that we wanted to be better friends. Right. Yeah. So we we always had always had a good time. Like Mm -hmm. when we saw each other, we'd laugh and Mel is such a fun person to be around. I am. I am. That's a true uh, statement. (laughs) Nobody will dispute that. Let's get some reciprocity. I mean, she's fine. (laughs) No, no, Jenna, Jenna was always like the most intellectual person in the room and I was always gravitating toward her. But you're also saying I'm fun too, right? I mean, okay. Okay. So yeah, (laughs) we would, and then we started working together. So I was a professor and I left that gig and Mel had Were you at Metro? I was. Yeah, mm-hmm. my wife was there yeah, at the same time. Yeah, we knew as each you, other. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. There. That's yeah. cool. And so Mel had an office on Lincoln with philanthropy expert and she was like come and work here and we like split the office and shared that space and it was awesome. It yeah. was so much fun. Um and then we complained about all the same things. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like what? <laughs> oh, like what? Um, uh, freezing cold, always so cold. Yeah, just so freaking cold. Um, I, I'm a human like furnace, and so that that's a real problem, especially sleeping next to my wife. Yeah, because I you could hang meat in a room that would be my ideal sleeping yep. environment. But even that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that awesome? That's no, so, I mean I that's that. what it gets most women going. Just totally. a, like a meat yeah. freezer. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. That's spectacular. But uh, even when we did our interview, because we did it in that office, yeah. uh, I remember thinking, it's really, really cold in yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can certainly relate to that. I, for the What was I in there for? Like an hour? Yeah. yeah. Spotty internet that the building provided. And I, we actually loved that building. I mean, yeah. I feel like such affinity for it because it brought us together and mm-hmm. I, just so many great things happened there. I started my business really, Philanthropy Expert really launched there. Mm-hmm. So I feel... Every time I drive by it, I kind of smile. Sure. But um, intermittent internet, freezing cold in the dead of winter. Right. And then there was... Parking um, issues. Men down the hall from us who are really cool dudes, but really loud. And we're <laughs> yeah. like, what is it with the like loud phone bro talking? Screaming. Yeah. Bro screaming. Um, the bro screaming? Nice, nice dudes, but just like there's something. Right. They like leap like octaves and volume when yeah. they got on the phone and we'd be like, okay, we can hear everything. Yeah, exactly. Pat, um, Pat Oswald has a joke about if you're talking on a cell phone, people can hear you at this volume. Yeah. Yet everyone treats the cell phone like it's a walkie talkie in the Korean totally. war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Hotel yeah. India Foxtrot, do you acknowledge? <laughs> or I don't know if, we, I don't, think women necessarily do that it seems to me a little bit of a bro my, my sister-in-law does oh yeah but it's because the bluetooth in her car is not uh, good yeah so, she's so she'll call us and uh she'll be like what are you guys up to we're like oh nothing just on our way to pick up grace you know doing some work and she's like what uh, <laughs> you're like good lord yeah like, get it fixed Cassie. Yeah. and if you're listening get it fixed Cassie. Because that's really obnoxious but uh I, overall i'd be inclined to agree with you i'd say that is a bro phenomenon yeah and i mean it was great, but we just started thinking, like, what are the things that we would change if this was only our space? 
And not to mention, like, we'd kind of share a business back and forth. And whenever we ran into, like, big business decisions or questions, we'd bounce everything off of each other. And that combined with the research I had done as a professor looking at women in work and the fact that, you know, we've taken it for granted for decades that if it's cold, then it's, you know, because men are just fine and the right. women should be cold. And we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Like, it's just um, like even the difference in what men and women wear. Like Mel and I are sitting here right now and we're in like tank tops and flip flops. And we're working with some dudes yesterday who were in like long sleeve shirts and pants and shoes and socks. Yeah. And like wool or flannel suits or something. Totally. Right. right. Yeah. But then and the dudes we were talking to were kind of like, well, see, that's why. Because, because we, we're dressed like right. And we're like, well, who made you the fucking standard? <laughs> yeah. Why do, you, why do we decide around you and not me? Why is this the measuring stick? Yeah. yeah, why, yeah. And why can't we be the measuring And that stuff. is exactly the thing that we wanted to address. It's yeah. like, you've always been the measuring stick, dudes writ large. You know, and it's not like you sat there and were like, everybody shut up, we're the measuring stick. You yeah. know, it wasn't that overt. Right. But by default, men have been the measuring stick and women have always just had to like, well, your comfort comes way down the line I went like I visited my dentist just earlier today and I walked into the office and there's like three fans blowing and I'm like nope I went I marched right over (laughs) and turned everyone (laughs) off and I'm like because I'm not comfortable (laughs) I love you that's fantastic yeah so good but I think all of us need to do that more we just like suffer and we're like I guess I'll go get my sleeping bag out of my car (laughs) (laughs) well I I read uh, one of the interviews that you did I think it was with Front Porch uh, or it may have been a different one where you talked about keeping a sleeping bag under your desk. Yeah, right. I did that. Which uh, sucks. Like no one should have I to live know. like that. No, it's stupid. And yeah. the thing is that you're so indoctrinated to think that we don't have a choice. <laughs> right. We have a choice. We yeah. do. And here we have a choice mm-hmm. at Wink every day, which is nice. Well, yeah. one thing I was struck by was in the literature about this place, you mentioned how it's warmer upstairs because it's always warmer upstairs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Go to any house. It's always yeah, warmer it's upstairs. Always. It's a little bit cooler downstairs. So, again, it's a choice, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you have a choice. It, go the fuck downstairs. Yeah, if you're hot. John. Go, <laughs> hey, I'm wearing shorts, <laughs> you're okay? You're good. You're good, dude. Like, yeah. You got flip-flops on. So, that's right. Um, because I had a feeling we'd do this upstairs. I'm like, I'm going to adapt to this environment. Thank yeah. you. Which, I mean, it, this this really isn't that hard. No, like, no. And here's the thing. Like, I'm impressed by the fact that we are in a building that you two – created or are sort of overseeing, yeah. right? You can say created. <laughs> no. That's we had good. a lot of help, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> We're the stewards of a building now. The let's, thing- let's hold hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're good. The <laughs> thing about me. it is Don't touch me. so many people will start businesses. Like uh, I've done one. Kristen's done a couple now. And to start like a consulting business, you don't need much, right? You just need an idea and exactly. you need sort of your reputation. But to start a building, yeah. I mean, that to me is something that I cannot fathom doing on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I want to do this show is because putting that together seems so monumental, yet also the way you're describing it, it seems like so intuitive. And I think all great ideas are like that, where it's like, why haven't we been doing this already? Yeah. That is, right? I love that you've said that. And that's what we really, like, I think... If Mel and I can say, yeah, we've created this building that's an example that once you see it and once you interact with it, you're like, duh, you know, (laughs) that would be a win for us. But then to have that transcend and say, why don't we think of everything like that? Why don't we work women more centrally into everything we design and build, whether it be a physical place or a concept or a policy? Mm -hmm. And we know when that happens there's a reason we call this women in kind because we believe when you invest in women, you get an in kind investment in return Mm. that that investment comes back to you. And so we believe that writ large, not just about this building. So I'm, I'm happy you, you feel that way. We really, we love this place and we feel that way about it too. Yeah. And again, going back to sort of the investors, I mean, you say that, you know, good ideas, you can make them come together easily that couldn't be more true than with our investors because if investors see a good idea, they invest in it. You don't have to beg and you don't have to plead and you don't have to search. The money comes in. The money finds you, right? Right. So that, that to me, I mean, having been a fundraiser for most of my career was revelatory. Really? A total revelation because 
I'm so used to having to ask and to have it proactively come my way was like yeah amazing mm-hmm. well it's it's amazing to me too because the way I relate to that is a lot of people will hire me to do like media pitching for them yeah and so typically if you're hiring someone else to pitch your story it, it's going to be a walk uphill yeah, and so right, it, yeah. it, it takes some professional spade right. work and it takes some skill and some acumen to do it but when when someone does something well, the media tends to find them. So mm-hmm. um, in terms of finding funds for candidates that maybe weren't always the strongest candidate, right? And you're you're trying to figure out every sort of trick that you have up your sleeve to get money for these things that mm, maybe shouldn't exist, right? Right. In this case, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this should exist, yeah. like, and I have to be a part of it. Right. So how many funders did you end up finding? We only took money from three. Wow. Just or four? Do we? Oh, four. Yeah. Okay. Four, but we had offers from probably twenty. Jeez. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and from the Denver area, from all over the place. All over the place. Really. And don't worry if you're listening. We're coming for you. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> we didn't forget you. And what, what we basically said to the to the investors that whose money we did not decide to take on it for this round mm-hmm. was that you know we have a growth plan. It's pretty aggressive, and that's what we want to hold their money for. for oh, you know? I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So uh, are you, and I don't want to get too far ahead of this, but are you looking to replicate this in other places? Absolutely. Yeah. How big do you want to be? Well, we want to rule the world. Obviously we <laughs> want to build an empire. No, I mean, we say that all the time. Mel and I really believe in you, like you build and you build. And, um, we also believe in unabashed ambition for mm-hmm. women. Like, I don't even care if half of it is smoke. I, you know, I just want women to more, fully like claim that space of being like we're gonna just like effing rule the world half of that is us just trying to encourage other women to like go for it but we do have ambitious plans and we want to grow into a number of other markets nationally we also want to understand like i said before how does this model this physical place transcend to become something where we're we are encouraging businesses, cities, policy and legislation to really think about instead of like the default is dudes and then we have women's issues. Right. Like what what happens when we really approach everything from the perspective of women? Like how, what does that paradigm shift allow for? Right. And where are all the other places where we're like, oh, duh, <laughs> yeah. it's so much better this way and why it's just like the laziness almost on we of being like it's always been this way so right i guess it yeah. is and and if you just shift a little it, you know it, i think it can yield a lot for for people i don't know what do you want to say about ruling the world <laughs> i'm i mean we initially sort of had a growth plan for five cities in 10 years mm-hmm. and i think that's probably still reasonable in terms of physical space but i think what jenna is touching on is really important which is we can't confine this to just the physical space because right. there are always going to be women who are building an empire from their basement. Although Jenna will argue, show me a woman who's working from home and I'll show you a woman who's not, it's it's not gonna, I just don't think it's ever going to work. Like mm. don't do it. I mean, if you want to confine yourself to, if you just want to give yourself another job, work from home. Mm. But if you really want to build something and build a successful business, you can't. I do, I firmly believe you cannot work from home. Yeah. I mean, she and doesn't it's another, think empires happen at home. No. It's another – for me, it's like driving a manual versus not knowing how to drive a manual. It's a mm-hmm. wheat from the chaff, and I, I believe that. And I don't disagree with you. I think there are examples certainly of, of women and men who've created amazing things from home. But then home becomes not home anymore. Mm. It becomes like – in many ways, your captor, right? <laughs> and we've all been there. Interesting. Where you're like at your dining room table and you're like, son of a bitch, this is also my fucking desk. Like, I'm so fucking sick of this place. When the fuck am I going to get out of here? Like, I think there are boundaries for a reason because. And you'll just never grow. You become like, a slave. What are you going to do? Bring house. Bring five team members into your home every day? Mm. Like, you're going to keep your warehouse out of your garage? Like, even the people we know who've been really product oriented, who maybe started that way, and there's nothing wrong right. with starting that way, and it allows you to be nimble. But you hit a growth point right. where you're like, we have to move past this. And that's what we face a lot are women who are. That growth point becomes a really scary point for them. Mm. And and it's so much easier to say, 
I'm just gonna stay at home. I'm just gonna like keep officing here or like be in my home. And I think it's a safety precaution in some ways. Like it's scary to make that growth. It's leap. scary to invest in yourself. Yeah. It's not scary to invest in your stupid gym membership that you never use. But for some reason, it's scary to invest in yourself hmm. for women. I think. I think that's an interesting point. And the the one thing I would say as someone who went from corporate to working largely out of the home, but I, I mostly, I like to say I hang but out a shingle can. at so many different coffee yeah, shops. Yeah, like I mean, and, but you also have had done co-working. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, done a little bit of co-working. The thing that's freeing, a, a, at least at the start, about working from home is that there's a presenteeism that is required when you're working for someone else. So what you're talking about is an entrepreneurial side of it, and I think it's really important. And I, I, Jenna, I think your your point is well articulated to where you cannot work out of your home forever. I 100% agree with that. The one thing I will say is a lot of people have a hard time making that first leap out of the office where you're sort of required to be all day. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I am not living up to my potential here. Mm-hmm. And because I have to be in this space. Yeah. And so the office, I, I felt like I had one of those like, I mean, it's a, it's a marriage metaphor, but like a ball and chain yeah. where I couldn't leave. Yeah. And right. so once you're at home, as long as you recognize that there's going to come a point where you're going to outgrow that, or at least you hope you're going to outgrow that. Yeah. Or maybe you don't want maybe to. Maybe you don't want to, which is fine. Like, yeah. Maybe you get to a certain level. You're like, I'm comfortable. If I level up here, then that's going to be a wholesale lifestyle change. Right. Like that's something right. different. But the idea that we're afraid to invest in ourselves, I think is a, is a fascinating one mm-hmm. because so many people either never get the opportunity or never recognize the opportunity to bet on themselves. And this place to me represents a physical manifestation of truly betting on yourselves. Yeah. And so the idea that it's not just a place in the physical sense, but it's almost a place culturally, uh, a marketplace of ideas, uh, a place of encouragement, a place where people can come and realize their dreams and go, you know what? It doesn't have to be the way I've always been doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, not only in terms of our gendered norms, mm-hmm. but in terms of the way we understand ourselves and our place in business. And I think that applies as much to men as it does to women. Yeah. Has that been, and I hate to pivot this conversation in this way, but when you describe this place mm-hmm. and it's called Women in Kind, do you get resistance from dudes? Are they ever like, oh, why isn't there a place for dudes? Like, Yes and no. Okay. There are dudes who totally get it right. and are members because they totally get it. Right. Because they understand that we've been living in a world like – like I'm just going to digress a tiny bit. Please. But it, there's a reason. My daughters um, have said, well, mommy, you know, why isn't there a men in kind? And I say, oh, because sweetie – Every single office I've ever walked into in my entire life is a men in kind. <laughs> Every single fucking one. Yeah. So I may or may not say fucking. I mean, I think you both know that I do. <laughs> um, so to They're me. They're going to learn it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they learned it early and at well, home. So good it, for them. Good on them. It's, it's not dissimilar from our house. <laughs> so don't, yeah. uh, don't give it a thought. So I think for me, it's when men are resistant to it. It's sort of like saying all lives matter. Right. Like black lives don't matter. God. All lives matter. Like go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fucking fuck yourself. Because guess what? Black lives do matter. Women do matter. Gay yeah. rights matter. And 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 sure, there's a place for white dudes too. But give us a fucking chance. Yeah. Like let us at least have parity before you shit all over us. Right. So the people who've been resistant, I'm sort of like go fuck yourself and never come in the door because <laughs> I don't need to – I don't need to like well recruit your ass. Like, but the guys who are like, I get it. Like, yeah. guess what? I am trying to have a flex schedule because I have a family and I don't expect my wife to take on this entire burden because yeah. that doesn't work anymore. No. That paradigm has completely shifted. And those are the guys who office here and the guys that we want here. Yeah. And the rest of them, I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, they can eat shit, right? Yeah. They can fucking eat shit. Yeah. And start men in kind <laughs> all day long. <laughs> The thing that kills me so much about this. <laughs> and can, I, that, can I just like caveat a little bit? Of that? By all means. Maybe. Um, I think I totally agree with everything Mel said. I think we there's a little bit of nuance in the middle of that, which is men and women have said to us like, 
well, is but isn't this good for everybody? And so aren't you doing yourselves a disservice and just calling it women in kind? Because it is good for dads and it's good for families. And that is a really good point. It is. And we have a ton of research that says like doing this kind of thing yeah. is good is for, everybody. for everybody. Yeah. But like Mel is saying, just give us a chance. Like I think if we completely leapfrog over the women component – it's like still women don't matter enough to right. have their own thing, to be the metric and the yardstick for the first time ever. It's suddenly like, well, you just were irrelevant in the whole narrative, you know, because <laughs> we went right from men to like just families because that's also good for dudes. Oh, right. Okay. So I think it's really important that we're kind of like getting ourselves out there and saying like, let women be the measure just for one. Yeah. Just yeah. this one time, please. Yeah, and well, then we can all have. And it's not going to be hand in hand. It's, yeah, it's not going to be parody. just the one time, which I think is what those who are insecure about this are worried about, because it's like they feel like they're ceding uh, all the power, and right. it's a bullshit argument. <laughs> like it's a bullshit argumentation technique. Yeah, and it, to me, it's like okay, if if you are that uncomfortable being in. A place of maybe subjugation, right? Okay, let's let's name it. There's that. no subjugation. Let's name it that for yeah, this. Okay, okay? Yeah, for the if if, if yeah, you're uncomfortable yeah. with the idea of being a quote unquote second class citizen at a place like Women in Kind, what does that say about your place in the world and where it's been for the last million fucking years? Mm -hmm. Okay, that probably doesn't feel very good to you. So can you put the other shoe on the uh, or put right. the shoe on the other foot mm -hmm. for just a half a fucking second mm -hmm. and be like, oh wait a minute, maybe the balance of power has been screwed up for this long, right? For all these other people, <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? I just I love the way you put it, and you know we've been working. We really believe when when you're really making women the center of things, when you're really using women as a metric, Mel and I very firmly subscribe to this. You have to care about two things, women's economic empowerment and their physical fucking safety. Mm -hmm. And so we talk a lot about that here, about like sexual assault and freedom from harm for women and girls. And it's a conversation that's kind of always going on here because it's so important. Yeah. And you kind of can't have anything else if you don't feel physically safe. I feel strongly about this concept of like men who really talk about like, well, what, what are my rights when it comes to sexual, <laughs> the prosecution of sexual assault? And you hear this and that's what Betsy DeVos is currently like trying to defend. And it's like, wait, 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 wait a second. My right to be free from not getting raped <laughs> is impinging upon your so there's just such a such a built-in cultural conception of men's rights to women's bodies. It's like, whoa, this is impinging on my right. Wait, 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 wait. What do you think their <laughs> rights are here? Like, what? And it's so it's so crazy. And I think we get stuck in this like zero sum game. We do the same thing with equal pay. We're like, right. Every dude in the world should care about equal pay. Because do you know a woman? Do you live <laughs> with one? Are you married to one? Like. Do you have you seen one in the world? Is, it's probably a good idea for her to make the same amount of money that you do because she contributes to your family. It's like it helps everybody. And when men are like, I don't know about equal pay, I'm like, <laughs> no one's taking money out of your pocket, you bozo. <laughs> like no one's talking about doing that. We're just talking about like yeah. is the, the zero sum game argument. I'm like, who? No one ever said that. Yeah. Where does that come from? Well, it, it, I think it's in a place of deep insecurity. Yeah. And I read this thing once that was really illuminating for me. And it said men's biggest fear about women is that women are going to embarrass them. A woman's biggest fear about a man is that he's going to fucking kill her. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're right. And so, and so you go, holy shit. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> so good. John, like, you're such a great feminist. I love you. We love you. Oh, you're <laughs> love such a good you. dude. Yeah. Everybody be like John. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's not go that far. But <laughs> thank you for the compliment. Yeah. I will, I will accept Take your it. compliment. Thank you. We're making t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Everybody John like has John. daughters. John's mm -hmm. a feminist. Uh, John has daughters and an extreme feminist wife. Yeah, exactly. So, Who uh, we love. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, you got to marry a woman smarter than you. Because oh, otherwise, oh like, my God, we love, love you. you. Uh, okay, oh my God, stop it. I, and I'm I'm not doing that for this reason. 
but uh, it's true. Are you like, pandering? You're totally pandering. Uh, fuck no. <laughs> Just teasing. Um, she, no, she could smell that a mile away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She could, if I were, she could smell it from our house because we're not far from my house <laughs> right now. Um, no, I love it. So if her spidey sense is tingling, uh, then I'm off tone wise. Badass wife, we love but, her. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, something uh, I was curious about is, and I, I always like this. Uh, we have a similar background academically. Mm-hmm. So you have your bachelor's, master's, and PhD. Is it all in communication? Mm-hmm. Can I ask what you wrote your master's thesis about? Sure. What was it? Ooh, this is this feels like a dream come true. I get to talk oh about God. this stuff. Um, I Did my, I just open Pandora's box? No, it's wonderful. Okay. She's so proud of. I'm like, so proud shops. of her and her PhD. Like, yeah. there's. Well, it's I so, dropped out of grad school three times, so Jenna is like I vicariously live through her academic record. Well, I mean, I, how often do we run into? each other or people like us in the wild that, yeah. that have advanced degrees in communication theory. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, so we're hot, everybody <laughs> and people will we're be like, the sexiest, aren't we? People will be like, what did you write your thesis on? I'm like, Oh, it was a uh, constitutive rhetoric based on the theories of Lawrence Grossberg and Maurice Charlotte. And they're like, Oh God, never mind. I don't care. Oh, mine's a little racier than that. Um, so well, mine was about punk rock. Oh but, shit. There you go. Um, so oh, anyway, okay. yeah. what was yours about? So I wrote on, I wrote my master's thesis, which has been published, so people can go out there and find it if they want. Um, I don't really recommend it, but, uh, it was on Jessica Lynch. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Private first class yeah. Jessica Lynch. And mm-hmm. she was, um, captured in Iraq and declared a hero and, and really had this kind of crazy hero's welcome. And so I looked at, like, what does it mean to hold up a woman in the military who, really never fired a weapon mm. was captured and later rescued and was a really passive participant right and everything and represented a certain kind of um femininity an extreme level of femininity right. like to hold her up as like she's a hero <laughs> um i just it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way and that's where most of my academic exploration comes from is when i'm like why does that feel icky right and so then exploring it and my are you going to ask about no, my dissertation? That's okay. coming next. Thank yeah. you. Um, my dissertation was on uh, the first time Obama run, and he um, was in the primary against Hillary, and Hillary didn't get the, uh, the nomination. Pre- the nomination, and I felt like my heart was going to break. And then Sarah Palin uh, <laughs> was was the VP, um, was paired on the ticket with McCain, and I was like. I was so disenchanted with the Democratic Party for like a two week period. And then the Republican Party did this. And I was like, what's happening in my world? And so I wrote my whole dissertation on, um, on feminism in the 21st century wow. and how it really has been so heavily diluted to be this like choice feminism where like everything's my choice and I can choose what I want to do. And that's my feminism, which I say is this kind of like a, it's like a Teflon feminism. You can like mm. let a, anything slide right off of you and you don't really stand for anything. It's like one of those things where if it's everything, it's ultimately nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, so in your estimation, what would be the proper path forward? Not proper, but what would be the ideal path forward for feminism in the 21st century then? I'm so happy you asked that question. <laughs> um, so I, I have really strong opinions on this and I think – my strong opinions stem from two words uh, and I see them as highly, they're a bit dichotomous and they kind of, they kind of should be one is empowerment and one is liberation. Mm-hmm. And for the past few decades, our feminism, all of our feminism is really revolved around the word empowerment. And what empowerment means is like power for me. I'm giving myself something to go forward and have more power. And that's fine, but that doesn't do anything for women writ large. Mm. So I think if we erase that term and kind of just let it fall away from our linguistic patterns and instead embrace a rhetoric of liberation mm. and say, look, I don't care what's good for me. If it's not good for all women, then we're all fucked. Yeah. So, and that's something we have not done. Like, this kind of female chauvinism where like I can wear my sexuality in any way I want. I can embrace, you know, like I can participate in the slut walk and I can, it's kind of like, well, whatever works for me and feminism becomes this giant buffet Mm. that doesn't 
really mean anything for women writ large, but if we can instead say like, sure, that might work for me, but what does it do to all women? Is it moving us forward toward liberation or are we taking steps back? I think if we can really embrace that term, we're doing all of us such a service. Are there examples of liberation that you've seen that might work for a template to where that works on a larger cultural scale? So I think we learned a lot. um, We learned a lot when the civil rights movement and the feminist movement of the mid 20th century interact kind of came into Mm -hmm. interaction. So um, a lot of the kind of liberal and popular feminist movement of the mid 20th century came out of women feeling disillusioned by their participation in the civil rights movement. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which was a parallel to the first wave of feminism in the 18 in the 1800s and early 1900s where women wanted white women at this time really felt abolition uh, was an important issue and didn't have a place to talk about it and didn't have the vote so they couldn't like you know make their right. kind of voices heard. So they believed in abolition, they believed in prohibition, they believed in reform for child labor. And they had no mechanism to make any change. So that's why they decided the vote was the most practical way. And so that kind of was the birth of, and I've written about this and you can, (laughs) you can find a publication on this whole history. (laughs) So I think we see this kind of discontent with broader social issues that then morph into a focus on like what women need to get for themselves so that they can participate more fully in a social system. So that's why I really hope that if as women, we can kind of focus on economic empowerment, not only for ourselves, but for all women and then free, you know, being free from harm. So how do we, how are we free from the dangers of sexual assault? You know, one there's depending on which statistic you look at one in three or one in four women will be a, victim of sexual assault, most likely rape while she's in college. So you put all of our daughters together in a room. We're talking two. Yeah. That is crazy. That's your two daughters, your two daughters and my daughter. Yeah. When you make it that real, you're like, nope, nope, no fucking way. We should all take to the fucking streets and burn some shit down. So I just, I would like to see those two issues become a way that we're really thinking about, you know, you care about your daughters, I care about mine, but how do we care about all kids? How do we care about all daughters, all of their safety? How do we care about how boys think about their own sexuality and their own access to power? And, and, you know, how do we like kind of liberate everyone from gender norms and stereotypes because we know it's better for everyone. So we're kind of circling around the same conversation we've been having. Yeah. I think liberation is a great term in that way because the only way you're liberated is if you're free from fear. I mean, you're, you're liberated from fear. And I think back to Mel, you introduced me to Liz Wolfson and I had her on the yeah, show. She's one of our members, one she, of our members, the best. She's spectacular. And it was right around the time uh, we were getting a lot of media and cultural attention around the hashtag. Yes. All women. And I had that conversation with my wife and there were two things that we talked about. There was something she told me when we were in college. She's like, you don't get a first floor apartment because the access is... Rapists can get in. Exactly. It's too easy for a rapist. And I go, my God, like that's something a man never, ever, like it doesn't, it would have never entered my consciousness. The other thing was I had adjusted the setting on my keys to unlock all my doors at the same time. So instead, exactly, (laughs) like I'm looking at you both and you're like, no, no, you don't do that. And it's like, for me, it's just convenience. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to press my button twice. Like how (laughs) lazy is that? But, uh, you know, because I usually throw my bag in the back, but if you're a woman, you liked only unlocking one door because no one can enter any of the other doors. And I go, holy fucking shit. Like these are two things that I thoroughly take for granted. Mm -hmm. Just aspects of my life where I don't even have to give one single solitary second thought. Yet it's something that is inherent to the, the existential safety of a woman. Yeah. Right. And that's fucked up to me. Yeah. Uh, And so how do we undo that? How do we unpack that? Uh, I think is is a goal that you're right. We should all be marching in the goddamn streets for it. Yeah. Right. 
if you were to take every single decision that a woman had to make every single day that pertained to her personal safety and her sexual well-being. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, I mean, it would be the longest fucking list yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, that's – and I with a lot of dudes, I don't think there's necessarily malintent there. No. There's just ignorance. Right. And, and if you've never had to think that way, as you were just saying, then like – you know, really, what's the what's the cause? Yeah, um, and so I, I, it's understandable, I, but I hope soon we can move past the knee jerk reaction. It's like, well, not all men. Like, it's like well, no shit. It's like no. F- Are you kidding me? It's the like, fact that you have to say that, like, no fucking shit. It's like, why I, are we saying that? I don't know. I I, I think and there are it, good dudes out there. No fucking shit. It's yeah. like, uh, really? Yes. Thank you for reasserting the obvious. Yeah. Um, we all fucking know that. So anyway, uh, I'm I'm interested in the work that you've done, and yeah. so uh, I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. I better start a newsletter. Um, I want to pivot again uh, back to the the physical space in which we find ourselves, and one something that made me laugh out loud, and I, w- I want to learn more about it. It's on your website, and it says no ping pong tables ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so nobody really likes ping pong tables. Like even the dudes I know who are working co working at the more traditional co working spaces that have the ping pong tables, yeah. like they don't like the ping pong tables. <laughs> They're like, Why do we need ping pong tables? Like I'm here to work, but frankly, like the guys I'm friends with are mostly dads. Mm-hmm. They're like I'm going serious. to work to get yeah. their shit done and they're getting out. They're not trying to like go to work to like create a fraternity right. because mm-hmm. they're done with college and what am I going to do now? How am I going to find a friend? Like they're not doing that. And so it's superfluous. Uh, it's 100% superfluous. Something that's funny to me is that strikes me as both uh, a practical choice, no ping pong tables, because that's annoying, right? So you're, annoying. You're, you're listening and like of all the sports, that's probably the most annoying one to listen to. It really is. So, so true. Um, it's, it's like a fucking metronome that never ends. Right. Um, a, so it strikes me both as a practical choice and as a symbolic one. Is it fair to characterize it that way? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about what else that symbolizes. Because I have my guess, but... I'm interested in hearing from you. I mean, our space is not a frat house, nor is it a sorority house. And to me, like, Mm -hmm. we are professional women that are here to build empires. We are not here to get mani-pedis. We are not here to play cornhole. Like, that is not what this is. And if you want to build an empire, like, you're not doing that shit in the middle of the workday. You may be, like, taking a break to, like, visualize success or, like, taking a walk around the block because your brain can't like function for this long with no breaks or whatever but like drinking a box of wine (laughs) in the middle of the day (laughs) yeah um no i think we're serious we're serious and um we would talk that's a great point mel says you know we don't want to be a fraternity and we also don't want to be a sorority right and a sorority in the in the kind of stereotypical sense where you think of like women's things go on here, girly things, and 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 there are co working spaces for women that have a yoga studio in the basement and a spa, you know, on the second floor, and you can get your nails done anytime you want. And right. I have said to Mel, and this is kind of a long standing joke, is I've said like no one is ever fucking getting their nails done here. <laughs> I will. Yeah throw a bottle of nail polish against the wall before that ever happens because that symbolizes something to us just as much as the ping pong table does. Mm. And it's this kind of stereotypical feminized notion of like, we need this kind of what stuff. What women want. Yeah. Like, give me a break. What I also feel bad for like, the I just, You know what? Like, I can't get my shit done because I need to get my nails done. No woman has ever said that ever. <laughs> and I also feel bad for the dudes who are like, okay, thank you that your conception of me is I can't get through a day without a fucking ping pong game. <laughs> you know, like I would be like, I'm not eight. Yeah. And I am also, thank the fucking Lord, not 22. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't need a keg or a ping pong table to like, I don't know. It just feels a little infantilizing in some ways, like for dudes too. Yeah. I mean, I take dudes more seriously than to be like, <laughs> should, yeah, like, should we have cornhole in the parking lot? <laughs> 
I know no guy who's like just like I chose this location because of the ping pong table. I I went to uh, I do, and those guys are shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you don't want them here Those anyway. Those guys are shitty. I love that. Uh, oh, my God. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's funny. Um, for our Mile High 100 event, we had it. We hosted it at a different co-working space where my co-founder has – he rents space he there. Space. And so we cleared out the ping pong tables and we had it like in their main area. And uh, this one fucking mouth-breathing dickhead walks up. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, hey, what happened to the ping pong tables? And I'm like, you know what, man? Fucking, <laughs> why don't you like go pick up your trucker hat somewhere? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like, th- this is ridiculous. Are you waiting for your mom to pick you up here? <laughs> I know. Because like, we're we're doing a thing here where we're gonna give away thousands of dollars to charity. To a nonprofit, yeah. Fucking go play ping pong in your friend's basement, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, because that is absurd. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. Well, whatever. And so if I could get to the heart of what you're saying is let's be adults here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And that doesn't mean no fun, right? Right. Because, oh, my God. I feel like we have more fun than anybody. I know. And But you mentioned like there's this almost like prescribed way of doing things. It's like, hey, you know what's fun? Ping pong. And you're like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I suppose that it is. It feels weird that you're trying to tell me how to have fun. Yeah. But it's like you mentioned, you know, dance party. There's booze here. Like, mm-hmm. they, there's, again, a great vibe, but it's like for adults. It's, and it's for like real professionals too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is a nice thing. It, you get a lot of fake professionals. And when you see them. That is our biggest pet peeve of the week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? What happened? I'm just tired of everybody and their mom starting a business. It's not ever going to be a business. And <laughs> it's just like a hobby that you're calling a business. And I mean, whatever. It's. Again, the our members are working, yeah, and they're like kicking ass every day, they and that amazing. is amazing. They are so amazing, and we like literally like lament, like, how is it that we got these amazing women who like I will do anything for, I will mm-hmm. do anything to make sure that their business is successful, mm-hmm. anything because nice. these are the women who are like going to get it done and run shit in the next twenty years, yeah. And there certainly is a spectrum. There's a range of men and women who are starting to dip their toes in the waters of entrepreneurship and just kind of dabbling a little bit and figuring things out. But, you know, working here, I think, calls upon you as a badass businesswoman or business dude to be like, I want to get my shit done. Yeah. Like, I want to take myself seriously. I want to be seen in a serious way. And I think when people come through the doors and they take a tour and, and there's like, they see there's great conversations happening and there's women hunkered down. And oftentimes like there's a great conversation going about how to make something better, mm-hmm. whether it be a professional process or a social issue or whatever. So I think once you come in and you see all of that, we don't get return visits from the people who are really early in that stage. And I hope that they'll come back later when they're ready. But the women who are like, I'm ready to take it to the next level. Like I want to be, you know, you're the amalgamation of the five people with which you spend the most time. Hmm. Like, don't be a ding dong about that. (laughs) Like another reason not to hang out and work from home. Like, you know, then it's like your dog and, you know, mm -hmm. Dr. Phil, like, Come work here where I am inspired every day by Mel, by Juji, by Kimber, by, by Lauren, Lauren. Yeah. like by Kristen, by John, you know, all these people who like we take our breaks and we will have a great conversation about Taylor Swift or we'll talk about how the prosecution of sexual assault needs to be reformed in Colorado. Then everyone is getting their shit done. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I, I went to three really great schools and they were all three really big party schools. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated this kind of the synergy between like I went to UW Madison as an undergrad and it was the like top number one party school like every year I was there. And my parents would call, call and be like, you getting your shit done? Like, yeah. is everything okay? And thank God it was before Facebook. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I remember like, all yeah, no that. kidding, right? Yeah, we, we all just missed that bullet, right? Whew. Yeah. yeah. So um, I 
like you know would go out to the bars and like like everybody else like party my heart out my little took us off like all weekend but then I remember telling my parents like you could not find a seat in the library on a Sunday like it was packed and everyone there was like we know we're at a good school yeah you know like it's a party school but it's a good school and we want to stay here and I kind of liken that we've got this fun atmosphere but like everyone knows everyone wants to stay here like they want to be serious they want to keep doing good work they want to grow their businesses they want to make more money they want more access to influence in this community all of those things and so they're serious too Mm -hmm. yeah i i think that's a great way of putting it because i was very much the same way i partied my face off (laughs) up in uh up in fort collins uh got both bachelor's and master's there but you know, I was like in the honor society right. and, you know, I loved my discipline. I loved my scholarship. And what was so funny about our major is I think in some of the other majors, you couldn't like you couldn't fake getting into them mm-hmm. because there's like math and really technical expertise. You could skate in a liberal arts major, but mm-hmm. to be really good at it took a fucking shitload of work. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Mel, what was your degree in? It was I went to Colorado College, so my degree was basically made up. I mean, oh, it was neat. a real degree, but it sounds pretend. Inter- what was it international called? political economy. Yep. Oh, so fake. CC. <laughs> totally fake. Oh, that's totally funny. But you, uh, and you're like the smartest person I know. So that is totally false. And thank you for saying it. <laughs> but I think that's a great vibe because I partner a lot with this other consulting firm, and they have. I mean, it's pretty much just me doing my work, mm-hmm. but they hire me because they're like. Look, we're the Island of Misfit Toys here. We work hard and we play hard. And I think there are there are people who are willing to go out on their own and take on that fear. And it's hard to find your tribe yeah, when you're on it your is own. Hard and to find that's your exactly tribe. what you're describing. Yeah. And so it sounds like that's what you've cultivated here and are continuing to cultivate. Yeah. And it's really exciting. Thank you. So thank you. Okay, we need to wrap up. Now it's time for plugs. Um, oh, okay. Where can people find Wink? Where can they find both of you? Uh, plug your individual businesses if you'd like. Anything you want to plug, now's the time okay. to do it. Well, we definitely want to plug Wink. <laughs> so um, if you want to find Mel, if you want to find me, we are always here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Seriously. It does. But we love that. Yeah. I mean, that's really great. Um, so come by and say hello to us. And uh, every Thursday in September and October – We'll be running um, open work days. So that means if you're not a member yet, you can come and try us out and work here. And we are convinced you'll love it and you'll want to come back. You can contact us for a tour and learn more about our amenities. But our website is womeninkind.com. And there you'll find all the information about cost and, and the list of our amenities and what we have available so check that out. Um, I think Mel and I both work a ton on the Broadview Denver, so we should probably just yeah, say that yeah. as well. So I'm the editor um, for the Broadview Denver, which is an online publication for the women of Denver, which has been on fire. Um, Mel writes for us regularly. She's um, and probably the Broadview's biggest fan, which I love so much I about am you. I'm such a big fan. Yeah, you're so amazing. So great stuff coming out of there all the time that's really focused on that concept of liberation for women in Denver. So really focused on the women of Denver, kind of what's happening here, what we should all be pissed about, and what we should all celebrate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and by the way, I love when people choose great names for things, the Broadview. That's amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you. Because, I mean, and I don't need to dick and Jane this for anyone, but, like, newspapers were always called broadsheets. Yep. And so the broad view, holy shit. Like, just what a what a spectacular name. There's so much baked you. into that in nine letters. Yeah. It is just well done. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Mel, Jenna, this was an absolute pleasure, and I wish you nothing but continued success. Thank awesome. you. Keep coming in. We love it when you're we here. Love we love you. it when Kristen's here. Yay. And we'll close the doors on episode 148 with the founders of Women in Kind, Mel Yuli, Jenna Santi. Thank you for letting me work in your space. Thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts about culture and feminism, co-working, business, and ruling the world. What a fantastic episode. What a fantastic couple of women. I urge you to check out Wink. Everything is linked on the companion blog piece, jonofalltrades.us. We're also on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, all at the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. Facebook is the only place for episode previews. Those go up on Monday. 
New episodes go up on Wednesday. Pay some love to our sponsor, 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. If you are running an online campaign, whether you are in business, politics, or promoting anything that your mind can dream of, 4Degrees will help you get in front of the audiences that need to see your message and do it for a cost that's very affordable. So check out 4Degrees on the web, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Deft is on the web, D-E-F-T. C-O-M.us. Don't forget to check out the Denver Podcast Network. I am thrilled to be a part of that. DenverPodcast.net. Big announcements coming from them, so stay tuned. John of All Trades on social media. We'll have lots more about that. We'll be sharing posts from all the shows that are a part of the Denver Podcast Network. And I'm back next week with a brand new episode, taking a look at something you've probably used multiple times, but don't know that people actually work there. What am I talking about? Stay tuned. Facebook previews on Monday, new episodes on Wednesday. And until I hear you then... Say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak.